0: Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. Today we are going deeper, answering the questions nobody ever would have bothered to ask on <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula from 93.
1: Ooh, ooh, 90 92. 92. 93. 93. 92. Yeah, 92. Uh, we, we, bummer.
0: Okay. We, we could edit that out if we were more nah. professional, or we could just
1: look it. We've lived a lot in 92. <laughs> we really have.
0: Are you, are you saying you're ready for 93?
1: I don't know, I don't know what I who knows what ninety three brings.
0: <laughs> I've Thinking about that,
1: like how old was I? Like twelve. Twelve is tragic. Uh, no. Thirteen Ooh. for me, man. Ooh,
0: no, not my year. Not my year. No would have been about eighth grade or so. No. Yeah. <laughs> I had a real unfortunate
1: haircut. It was oh it was terrible. It was like a perm and really short. Oof. Yowza.
0: Yeah, All right. So anything come up over the last week that you wanted to hit on?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, I know that you've been doing a lot of research on this and you've been excited about it. So I'm just going to let you do your thing, babe.
0: All right. All right. Well, um, first thing. Thing that I wanted to get into was vampires and other levels of aristocracy. Like, are there any earls? Or
1: <laughs> are there like, is there you know, do they get together like you know what we do in the shadows? And there's this whole you know hierarchy of who enters in first, who drinks blood first, like all of that kind of stuff.
0: Actually, yes, a lot of that. Oh wow, um, okay. Yeah, I was sorry. really
1: looking. <laughs> kind <of> sorry, Astin.
0: <laughs> I don't know. No, sorry. I was looking more for like, are there any like. You know, because there's Count Blackula, Count Yorba, Count whatever. They're, they're Right, they're counts. all
1: Counts. It's true, true.
0: But, I mean, it's so much that I didn't realize that Count wasn't a vampire for, a, I mean, <laughs> Count Chocula. Like, that's, I just assumed Counts were vampires. The bad guy in the first uh, Castlevania is the Count. I mean, <laughs>
1: it's, I love like, that. it's
0: like, I thought Sherlock was a title.
1: I love everything about that. <laughs> it's adorable. I, you, you, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's, an, it's a fair conclusion to draw. It, what is your experience with the Count? Vampires. Exactly. I just Dumb.
0: assumed Count was a way of saying vampire. Sure. <laughs> Which also made me wonder when I was a kid, like, you're going to Count Dracula? I was like, why? He's a vampire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why do go to a Count's place? <laughs> no. Everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd look to see, are there any, you know, earls or princes or whatever? And in human society, not really, but search engines in the last six months have become trash. Like more so than ever before, so I'm going to have to figure out a new way to do searching for this podcast because it's nothing but people selling stuff, like the first huh. 20 pages. Weird. Or just like, you know, Count Dracula on IMDb, Count Dracula on Tubi, Count Dracula on whatever, 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 like this 37 different things that have the same information pulled from, yeah. That's unfortunate. It, search engines are really getting bad. But yes, I did find tons of stuff about vampire society, society <laughs> hierarchy, and uh, I don't think you want to go into it. No, Lots I don't. Lots of stuff about role playing games. Yeah, I figured, I figured this m- is. This uh, manga. is
1: lar- LARPing territory that I, um, I don't belong in.
0: I did find a fun article about the themes of the novel Dracula, though. Okay. Which, this, and like, I would have never pulled these out, I don't think, but every one of them kind of makes sense. Uh, the first theme brotherhood. We were talking about how it oh, yeah. kind of seems unusual for those but just a hearty brotherhood.
1: They're very brotastic. A fellowship,
0: and, if you will. Yeah,
1: almost. Yes. They they have a a quest. Um yeah, I, I wish I still don't even feel like even in the book and we listen to the book. So and we listen to all your road tripping and probably talking and and, and all of these things sort. But I don't remember like how they came to be this tight of a group.
0: And then we have the validity of religion alongside technology and rationalism.
1: Okay. I don't see that battle too much. Well, the world is changing.
0: and It's a rational world. We've got a professor who's a scientific professor, but he's like burning people's faces with communion wafers.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah, you do have science and um, mythology slash... Um, superstitions. Where's your
0: science now, professor?
1: (laughs) Very much intertwined. That's true. That's true. Like, just as much as he's, like, pulling out the the thing to do the transfusion that he's only done once or twice. Exactly. He's also, yes, um, holy water splashing.
0: We have the tangibility of the soul, the demeaning vice of lust. That's a great sentence. Ooh, it is a good sentence. And the cost of modernity. Okay. I definitely think that that's... Is If anything else, I think that would be maybe the theme I would pick out the most is the cost of modernity. You've got Dracula who's been safe and fine doing his thing for how many years? And he right. just gets a little like, huh, I'm going to go to London for summer because it seems like the it's happening. <laughs> and it doesn't go well for him.
1: No, it really doesn't. That's true.
0: He really <laughs> could have just buggered off. <laughs> he
1: wanted to go to the pictures and –
0: he just wanted to go see some some dirty moving pictures, and
1: he gets his head lopped off.
0: Jeez, oh, <laughs> ha- I've seen it a thousand That's times. That's true.
1: I mean, story as old as time. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not an Elton John song about it. <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> we just got to dig deep. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, we were kind of deep diving. What Yellow Br- Goodbye Yellow Brick Road last night, and <laughs> good tunes. Oh, good tunes. So, favorite Van Helsings. Have you had any thoughts?
1: Hmm. Okay. So, we've got Anthony Hopkins. We've got Hugh Jackman. We've got Christopher Plummer. Um...
0: And I was wrong. Christopher Plummer was like Professor whatever, the Dutch professor in Nosferatu in Venice. So maybe he was not. He was obviously the Van Helsing character in that. Right. But he was not actually Van Helsing. He was Van Helsing in Dracula 2000. Okay.
1: Though. I was like, he plays a Van Helsing though, doesn't yes, he? Yes, okay. Wes
0: Craven's Dracula 2000. Okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jerry Butler. That I
0: have seen some clips from and oh my goodness, it was worse than I could possibly remember.
1: Yeah, you took me along for that ride.
0: Yeah, Sean Patrick Thomas and Omar Epps in one movie. That, that's progressive to get two people in one crew. And also Danny Masterson.
1: Oh, Danny Masterson. But he
0: dies. So that's
1: Trash. Good. That's good. Good. Anyway, moving on. Um, Who else is there? I mean, I know there probably is Van Helsing in, the, in some of like the old, the old, you the know, old Hammer un, films? Universal Hammer. The
0: Universal, I forgot his name. He doesn't really ring a bell to me. I looked him up, but he didn't really ring a bell I can
1: me visualize him, but yeah, I don't think...
0: My favorite Van Helsing. Sorry, sorry. I'm really switching. I'm 180ing here. Peter Cushing from all the old Hammer films. Okay, Grand Moff Tarkin.
1: Okay, I I, I think I yeah I know who that is.
0: Yes, I think I was really confabulating a lot of his stuff into into Christopher Plummer. into Christopher Plummer. Yeah.
1: I mean, Hugh Jackman does have a snazzy hat. He's
0: he's, <laughs> he's playing Gabriel Van Helsing, not Abraham Van Helsing. Sorry. Well... I mean, you said Guillermo. Was it, it did I did say that.
1: I stand by that, actually. I stand by it.
0: So we were also trying to figure out if this was in Transylvania or Romania. Stupid Americans over here. Transylvania is the central state of Romania. Okay. There's like four states in Romania, and Transylvania is one of them.
1: Geography corner. Woo, woo, woo.
0: <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Spanish Dracula film? No. It was filmed at night... On the same sets as the Todd Browning Dracula from 1932.
1: So the Todd Browning Dracula is at the Universal,
0: yeah, the 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 okay. So yeah, like they they would wrap up for the day, and the Spanish Dracula would film on the same sets at night.
1: Like, were they were they allowed to, or is it like
0: no, no, no? Yeah, they were making movies for two different. They also, when they were done, they filmed a silent Dracula because not all theaters were wired for sound yet.
1: That's cool. I like that.
0: <laughs> so there's three versions of this film. Uh, it was kind of critically acclaimed and forgotten. It premiered in Cuba in 31, and then pretty much from like 31 to 78 was just thought lost. Mm-hmm. And they found a negative of it in a uh, like storage unit in New Jersey in the late 70s. Of course. And uh, it has basically better costumes, better special effects, way more cleavage, more powerful female characters, but the Say it's more like a stage play, it's maybe 30 minutes longer, and the camera never moves, so it's oh, okay. really just like a play. Got it, so okay, than, one,
1: yeah, yeah, one shot.
0: But they say that you know, the guy that's playing Dracula is pretty dark, <laughs> like, of course, not Bella Lugosi, but everybody, like, nobody really has anything bad to say about. I mean, it's what so you a... think, like, the Spanish Dracula, would be like, ah, hi, hi, oh, my
1: I mean, he's not Ricky Ricardo, um. I don't mean is Bela Lugosi really good or he's just what we know and he's our first foray truly into that kind of vampire, into the suave, you know, seductive
0: vampire? I think very much so. I think the Lugosi is a good film villain. I think mm-hmm. maybe he's better in the white zombie than in this, Possibly. but I- yeah. Yeah, he is good at being a bad guy.
1: He's an interesting... um,
0: Isn't he like Frankenstein's monster and a wolfman at various points Like later on in his life? He's
1: Frankenstein's monster, Um, yes. I also think he might be... And I got Igor.
0: Okay, Like a humpback
1: Igor, too. I think
0: he might, be. He, he might be. He,
1: I think he he paves the way for um, what? Rodney Feldman, Marty Feldman, Marty Feldman to to run.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I could be I could be confabulating that, but I feel like in all of those movies, I feel like I've seen that too.
0: Marty Feldman, damn your eyes too light. That was <laughs> I cannot believe that is in there. Another uh, movie, Yellow Beard. That is one of my favorite. That, that was a movie watched around my house. It was Monty Python, Cheech and Chong, and Young Frankenstein crew going to Mexico to film a pirate movie. It's so wild. I mean, is that just and Marty Feldman drank himself to death halfway through the film, and they had to figure out how to recut it.
1: Oh man, poor, poor Marty Feldman. I love him. I mean, there's a story. of Me as a kid, we, we, did we talk about this when we talked about? Did we talk about Young Frankenstein?
0: Um, we have not talked about Young Frankenstein. You might have told this story, but it's a great story, so tell it again, please.
1: Well, so like, watch this movie. Like, watch Young Frankenstein as a little kid, and you know, Marty Feldman's got a hump, you know, a humpback, and he's got a cane, and he's like kind of, you know, got a limp, and he tells, um, he <laughs> crap, he tells. Frederick von Frankenstein, um, played by Gene Wilder, to walk this way, and he like follows him, and he's like, no, really, literally, like walk this way, like walk the way I'm walking, and so he, he's mimicking him, and it's, you know, it's it's rude. It's a good joke. It's, it is a good joke. Well, so I, as a child, saw someone with a cane in a grocery store, and said, look, daddy, look, daddy, walk this way, <laughs> and I'm sure it was like a like like a like a shepherd's crook, like quickly pulled me out of wherever we were, <laughs> like wait wait what, walk this way, walk this way (laughs) i thought it was great
0: you were just like pointing out like what you were seeing absolutely like look look at
1: me i'm a genius i'm making connections (laughs) i saw this and this is similar and i'm a smart child
0: you're ripping on movie references something you would be doing now 40 years later
1: exactly hey yeah i guess 40 years later yeah probably
0: (laughs) So Francis Ford Coppola, you said you weren't very familiar with his filmography. I mean,
1: other than what Godfather, Apocalypse Now.
0: So he actually had polio as a child oh. and was bedridden for most of his life until he was fifteen. Um, Did a lot of uh, puppets and puppet shows and was like fascinated by that. He went to UCLA film school. I thought he was with kind of that new crew, like the George I Lucas so and Steven Spielberg. He's a little older than them. He was actually in film school with uh, Jim Morrison. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, his first movies were nudie films, The Bellboy and the Playgirls, and Tonight for Sure. Hmm. His next film, Dementia 13, from 1963, is widely considered the first slasher film. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a couple of years after Psycho, but I wouldn't call Psycho a slasher.
1: You get one slash, so it's not really. You get
0: two slashes, I guess. You get the detective towards the end, like on the stairs.
1: Yeah, that's... Sorta of. okay,
0: but yeah, Dimension Thirteen is like axe murderer, and it was released, you know, to great with you know no film code or anything. I ah, gotcha. Yeah, so it was definitely scandalous for its time. He did uh, Finian's Rainbow. It's a Broadway adaptation. I'm not familiar I'm with not the either. play. I don't think it has really stood, stood the, the test, test of time. time. No. It has uh, Petula Clark and Fred Astaire.
1: Petula Clark?
0: Yeah. I think she was actually nominated for an award for it. I think it might be Fred Astaire's one of his later movies.
1: Is that – is she seeing Downtown?
0: You may be right.
1: Listen to the rhythm of the – yeah. Yeah downtown uh, i think that's
0: patula Clark. yeah that doesn't go well over in our town anymore
1: well oh i don't know okay. it, it, it's a it's a scandalous it's fine what are you talking about
0: didn't they play it before the terrorist blew up our entire city
1: oh did he
0: i think so yeah
1: oh well fuck him yeah <laughs> well no,
0: he took care of that himself but
1: well yeah he did and yeah never mind Just because he... Lots of people like that song.
0: All right. All right. (laughs) I like that
1: song. It's fine. She had had nothing to do with it.
0: Okay. Good point. Good point. Yes. But at this point, he uh, met George Lucas making this film. Who is... Lucas was like a production assistant assistant or whatever. Just like... He
1: met George Lucas making Bram Stoker's?
0: making No. Making Fidians Rainbow. Oh. Got it. Okay. And then in The Rain People, Lucas was a PA. His next movie. (laughs) Which is kind of a movie that just doesn't really sound like I want to see. It's like pregnant woman gets her groove back and meets a disabled man who may or may not be a mass murderer. It sounds like a sling blade, but like 30 years before.
1: That just seems like too many things. It,
0: a lot of his films seem like a day in a life of interesting people, but just doing their day in the life.
1: Huh. Like, like Mondo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then his next movies are The Godfather, The Conversation, and The Godfather Part 2. Wow, so big. Really, moving on up. Have you seen the conversation? It's a uh, Gene Hackman. He's a spy, like listening no. in a listening room, and he gets an idea. There's going to be a murder, and trying to figure out like what he can do to stop it. It's got a young Harrison Ford. Ooh. Harrison Ford might have been like Harrison Ford was in nothing but uh, Francis Ford Coppola movies, and then I guess met George Lucas there, and then was in nothing but George. Was, he was really worried about being George Lucas's guy, but because he was a young him was in apocalypse now as well mm-hmm. and yeah he just shows up in a lot of this stuff
1: That sounds that sounds fascinating. I like things like that. Kind of a, a, a race against time. Yeah, it's a spy I'm thriller. Gonna put
0: it on our list yeah. for maybe things we should think about cuz it sounds like a lot of fun. It does. And I it's love Gene Hackman. One of the few movies that uh John Cazale is in. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fredo? Yeah. That was he was in five films The Godfather One and Two, The Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon and The Deer Hunter. Were they all nominated all five for us? of them nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wasn't he with Meryl Streep?
0: I believe you when might he be died. right. Yeah, he died yes. of forty two of lung cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh his next movie Apocalypse Now. And Apocalypse Now basically broke the movie system, and they would never let him do anything (laughs) again. I mean, critically acclaimed, but cost millions of dollars. They were like, at what what
1: cost? what cost?
0: years more than it was supposed to take. Uh, Then The Outsiders. Okay. I had no idea he directed that. That was a fun one.
1: Yeah. No, I didn't know that.
0: Then um, I'm skipping a couple here that I've never even heard of, but uh, The Cotton Club.
1: Yeah. Okay. I watched a
0: trailer for that the other day. We, didn't we did. It looked like a lot of fun. I specifically remember the Cotton Club coming up in a ninth grade history textbook. Okay. And it having a little aside that while not appropriate for classroom viewing, you may want to find snippets of the Cotton Club to show <laughs> to uh, you know get an idea of what the the style was of the time. The
1: jazz. Is it um, Gregory Hines? Is it see Richard Gregory Hines?
0: Richard Gere. Yeah. Okay. I love Gregory Hines. So do I. Oh my goodness. And that's
1: the funny thing. Like Gregory Hines and Dudley Moore kind of fall into a category for me because like why do you
0: know who he is? Like why do
1: I know him? So well? I mean, like I was, was he a dancer before he he a was tap was an dancer. Actor? Tap dancer. Oh okay. yeah, tap dancer. Like and that's probably why. Because same thing with Barishnikov. Like, mm. um,
0: you had the poster of his shoes, didn't you?
1: I did, and I was a I was a tap. I mean, even as a little kid, I was a tap dancer. I tapped all of my life. So that's probably why. And then he, you know, we. He would show up in movies occasionally, and so I. but I knew who he was when he showed up in movies. Like,
0: I feel like maybe I knew them both from The Muppet Show or something. I don't know. That or, could
1: – honestly, that's a very good possibility. I think Gregory Hines
0: is in The Muppet Movie or Muppets Take Manhattan or Great Muppet could Caper. Could but they probably them. both
1: were on episodes of The Muppet Show, and, and that was a, probably a big introduction to a lot of stars of the day. Yeah, that, that's a good call.
0: Uh, his next, he did Captain EO. I love Captain EO. I would make my dad take me to Captain EO every day. The first time we went to... To
1: Epcot.
0: Epcot, yes, yes. I've been to uh, Disney World three times. Like one time as a very young child, one time band trip, and then one time as an adult with you a couple of years ago. I know you are from the area, so you've been more frequently. I've been more times, but not... Your parents are Disney adults now. They
1: are. They've gone to Disney way more than they've taken me to Disney. I know I've been as a little kid because I had a goofy hat, and there's probably pictures. I know we went when some of my sisters were younger because there's pictures of them i know in college one year i feel like there was a college year that it was like just us and then there was a college year with some boyfriends um it was really cold that's all i remember really about that one and then we went yeah. um
0: i had the making of captain eo like a i don't know if it was an entertainment tonight or if it's actually mm-hmm. just like a NB, uh whatever disney sunday night disney or whatever But I had that on tape and would watch it all the time before I'd even seen it. I just, (laughs) I mean, there's puppets. There's lasers. There's crazy stuff. Yeah, there's 3D. (laughs) I
1: used to watch a video that was the making of Thriller. Okay. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then we have Peggy Sue Got Married, which is, I think, one of your favorites.
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't know if it's one of my favorites, but we watched it a lot as a family. It is not appropriate. As a family. I
0: think it's on our list, but we might have to it, escalate it a little it bit. It might
1: be. I mean, it is Nick Cage being real Nick Cage and a real weird Jim Carrey there for a hot second. And the Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner, which we love Kathleen Turner. Oh, she could
0: be a three-peat pretty quick.
1: Absolutely. She could be a three-peat pretty quick.
0: Well, she will be a three-peat. But yeah, it just, inevitably,
1: it, but just depending she on might how. be our first
0: five-peat. I don't know. She and Sharon Stone are, are running tight for our first five-peat.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a wild movie.
0: <laughs> Is it like she goes back to high school or whatever, but so she's actually gone back in time and trying to decide if she's gonna have her life go the same way or not? It's kind like back of. to the future, except she's like, I don't really know if I want to go back to the future. I wanna like yes, do it better.
1: Yes and no. She does not go back intentionally. There's an event and she finds herself there. Okay. Um, And then she has the opportunity to maybe change the trajectory of her life.
0: Okay. Uh, Next we have Tucker, a man in his dream about a guy who built a car starring Jeff Bridges. Never even heard of it. Nope. We've got the Gardens of Stone. It's about a drill sergeant during the uh, Vietnam War. Never heard of it.
1: No. Seems like a subject he likes to revisit, though.
0: I think he might have. Was I don't he, know if he was he in Vietnam. I, I don't know. I I feel like he has some connection, maybe where he was a journalist during it, or maybe he seems he seems
1: too young. But I I don't know. I'm don't not know, really I, sure. I,
0: what... I feel like from like watching, it's been 20 years since I've watched any of the the Hearts of Darkness of the making of uh-huh. Apocalypse Now might be better than the film.
1: I've heard that. Yeah.
0: And next we have Dracula. Ta da. Then we have Jack. I hated. that Oh,
1: movie. with Robin Williams. Yes. Ooh, no. Bueno. Hated, hated. I saw that yeah. on a sneak
0: preview. No. Like For free. It was on. It was a. You know, you go to when see. When it's free
1: and you want to give it back.
0: <laughs> I don't remember what it was attached to. I mean, I'm looking at the year, and you know, like maybe like Home Alone Two or something, or could be. Like, and stay for a free preview of Jack, and did not like. Did not like. Next, the Rainmaker. I think we talked about that. Yeah, I've seen that. The next one, he did not was not credited as being the final director of. Have you ever heard of seen Supernova?
1: Um, I'm not sure.
0: It's got I think it's got Lou Diamond Phillips and Robin Tunney, and it is. I don't think so now. A space whatever. It went through three directors, three screenwriters. Got it. Was eventually released, and then was completely recut for home video. There's a PG version. There's an R version. There- it is a catastrophe of a film. <laughs> it is, it's amazing that they were able to cobble something together out of what they had, but they shouldn't have bothered. I mean, it was... Maybe if you ever want to just as an experiment in like how colossally bad a movie can go.
1: I think... We- That's a that's what how did this get made does and and that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to them talk about it. We'll
0: punt that one over to them
1: while I'm doing something else. Okay, we've (laughs) we've
0: crossed over with them a few times. We have,
1: we have. Maybe we should suggest that (laughs) they they they're in a Lou Diamond Phillips kind of phase. I feel like I've I've listened to a couple Lou Diamond Phillips movies. Okay, okay.
0: Then we've got Youth Without Youth. Never heard of it. No. Uh, Tetro. Never heard of it. No. Twixt. Never heard of it. It's got Val Kilmer and it's like a town and there's like a true crime detective or something. That oh, sounds like it fun. Sounds like something we could be interested in. Yeah. And then Distant Vision. Never heard of that either. Mm-mm, nope. So haven't really seen much of his more recent stuff. He I mean, just... some of like, if you click on, it on IMDB, the picture or the poster of the movie is just like him in a chair directing. <laughs> so I'm thinking these might not be wide releases.
1: Maybe not. Um, I mean, I'd imagine he's probably, in, he, he's he got a vineyard, he's got wine, his, you oh, know, we, we Sophia, his Sophia's wine. doing some stuff, I bet he's got grandkids, he's probably just living life, you know, <laughs> no no shade.
0: So I wanted to look up, we talked about Monica Bellucci, I wanted to look up the other two Brides of Dracula. Yeah. Um, very little information of, exists about them. Um, Florina Kendrick, she was in two films. And seems to have dropped off the face of the earth. We have um, Michaela. I can't even read her name. Bearer, I'm gonna say she was in. This was her only film role. She was in one Sports Illustrated swimsuit itch, uh, issue, and she married an Israeli billionaire and has Good four kids. Her. <laughs> Good so, on her. <laughs> The only interview I could find with them is in Femme Fatale's magazine.
1: There's a Femme Fatale magazine, or there was? I
0: vividly remember Femme Fatale's oh, magazine really? from I... my childhood. It, If you would read, like, uh, Cinescape or Fangoria about, you know, horror and sci-fi, uh-huh. it was from the same publisher, so they would always okay. have ads for Fem Fatale's. Femme Fatale's was not up on the top, like with the Playboys and the penthouses, but it was sealed. So I was always I so concerned, so nervous. I've looked at the cover. Like, there's nothing on there that says for sale 18 up or whatever. But, like,
1: you're not going to risk being caught with one.
0: I'm not going to. I'm never going to risk. If if it doesn't have a CD-ROM of free video game demos in it, I'm not going to be caught with a magazine in a bag. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you remember from browsing magazine racks, but if it came in a bag, it was probably porn.
1: Um, You know, like, I don't think that that registered with me. I mean, I was just honestly looking for early on Teen Beats and then Cosmopolitan's and like... I, I really, like, it did not even occur to me.
0: Ah. Uh, I mean, every once in a while, there'd be some dude just creeping in the corner. He popped one open, was reading Playboy in the corner. Of course. Of course. <laughs> like, I, at the Walden books.
1: <laughs> Walden books. B. Dalton.
0: <laughs> <at> Rivergate Mall. <laughs> but I did find an issue of Femme Fatales online. Actually, I found the entire run of Femme Fatales, but we'll get into that later. But um,
1: Do, Are they coming to our house right now?
0: They are not coming to our house. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like a lot of people saved them in hard copy form, but there is on the internet archive. They are all They're saved. They're probably
1: not in good shape. I'm just going to say
0: that. <laughs> they are not nudie mags, but they are skimpy enough that I'm glad I never got caught with one. Got it. Uh, this issue has an interview with them. Sorry. The interviewer is not good. Like the, the It is just, they don't talk about anything important. <laughs>
1: Is it all just like what was it like to be topless in this movie, or it wasn't even
0: about being topless? It was just like what was the filming like? And like oh yeah, it was in a in a room, you know? Yeah, they're
1: pretty much just in a room, like kind of being. I was like, I want to know: were you like was it a special effect? Were you like weirdly enveloped in sheets? Like how did that happen? You just came up through the the bottom of the bed, like real weird. They weir- talk
0: about that a little bit. They just I had, think like, I'm a little fascinated by that. With holes in it and and raising people up and. Okay, I mean, so you might have been more interested in I wanted playlist.
1: to know about that. That's it, though.
0: <laughs> the cover of this issue of Femme Fatales, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, cool. I mean, this is 1992. This, she wins. She's was Catwoman, it? right? She was Catwoman on the cover of what Playboy's Sex and Cinema, uh-huh. the same year's Basic Instinct. So, yeah, she, she wins the year on Sex and Cinema on Femme Fatales.
1: It's quite a Catwoman suit.
0: It also has a... Like some old photos of Ingrid Pitt and has a uh, photo shoot with Lana Clarkson.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So who would later go on to be probably, probably, you know her more from true crime than Deathstalker and Barbarian Queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a little stuff about Sadie Frost. I had no idea. didn't know what she had done.
1: She seems like real punk and cool from like the little bit of research we did ahead of time or like right. during on a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Natural Nylon was the production company. They did Existenz. Have you ever seen that?
1: No, but it sound it's familiar. I
0: feel like Existence and The 13th Floor came out the same okay. time. I think I thought I was going to see Existence but I saw The 13th Floor. It was a
1: real prestige uh, um, and
0: and the magician yeah. kind of situation or um what does that movie deep called? impact and uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. and Volcano or
1: whatever. The, or yeah.
0: Armageddon. Or,
1: yes. Or the the two um Truman Capote movies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think I thought I was going
0: to see the other one, but I, so I have not seen Existence. I think Existence might be Cronenberg. And I, I think there's a lot, a lot of technology that kind of looks like umbilical cords and stuff. I think it's ickier. Than the 13th floor was just a guy into a simulation of the 30s or whatever.
1: Is 13th floor, is that a uh, Bierko? Is that uh, Kirk Bierko? I
0: think so. I think I, okay, so. I've seen
1: that, yeah. Yeah found it and fascinating. And Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, is in that,
0: too. I think you're right. Kind of, right. like,
1: looking kind of hot.
0: <laughs> but think isn't, like, the big twist—sorry, spoiler alert—at the end of that movie, he, like, comes out of the simulation and goes for a drive and just realizes he's never been for a drive very far and goes for a drive and gets to the end of his life, which is a simulation.
1: I don't remember the end. Yeah, that,
0: that, that that's the end. It's, like, when he gets to the end of his road, it's just— the like the same way it looks in the end of the road in the 30 simulation
1: got it so like
0: it's a simulation
1: on simulation on simulation kind of a
0: matrix meets um uh, meets the blah movie inception inception yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's in she has 59 film roles i think this is the only one i've seen
1: she packs a punch with this role. She
0: does. I kind of think maybe I should see some more. Man. She also produced Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow with Gwyneth Paltrow, which does that not seem like the Gwyneth, movie? That, no,
1: Angelina Jolie.
0: Angelina Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow both.
1: Gwyneth Paltrow's in the movie?
0: I don't know if she's in it, but they produced it together.
1: Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay.
0: She might. Does she have like an eye patch or something? Yeah. Okay.
1: And it's like sepia toned? Yes. The whole movie? That, I mean, and
0: does that not seem like a movie built for me? Yes. And I've not seen it.
1: But I also think that it's terrible. I think you're right.
0: <laughs> it just—it seems like the logical sequel to The Rocketeer, which might be my favorite movie of all time.
1: Which, ba-ba-ba-ba, <laughs> we have got our Rocketeer in this movie. We
0: do. We do. Uh, Sadie Frost is in something that I've seen before. She's the girl in the video for Common People. Oh,
1: <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. The original version, not the William Shatner cover. The the superior version. The superior version, is the, honestly. It's yes. William Shatner. Sorry. It really is.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: it is. So we move on to Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer. Yes. Once again, not a lot of stuff I've seen. He is heir to an auto parts fortune. That's, so that's
1: wild, honestly, the fact that he's like in a movie so heavily built with uh, Henry Fordress? Ford. Yes. Is it Henry Ford a huge character in that movie? In no, it's Howard
0: Hughes. Howard Hughes. Sorry. I was like, wait, that's right. I cannot watch The Aviator because to me, Howard Hughes is Terry O'Quinn. I mean...
1: It, he is, which also I get confused because he's also he was, the dad in The Cutting Edge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I did not know Howard Hughes was a real person and uh, got for it. years. And then I realized, oh... That, that's the Terry Quinn, the guy, the guy who's playing.
1: <laughs> I've seen chunks of that movie. Honestly, the things that I love the most about the Aviator are all everyone playing all real people. Yeah, like yes. I love seeing who they chose to. I mean, Kate um, Blanchett. Blanchett as Catherine. She is great. Hepburn is. Are they like out playing golf or something? It every second.
0: So he was in Once and Again, the TV show. I feel like I remember that being a thing. Maybe. Like, Divorced Dad, Divorced Mom, kind of Brady Bunch, but now. Sure. Uh, crime Story. He was in three seasons of the 4,400. Did you ever see any of that or no. know anything about that? No. I watched the first few episodes of it. And it didn't hold me, but it was basically like on one day, 4,400 people who have gone missing over the last <gasps> oh, 100 years show back up. Okay. Like Not a day older than they were at that time.
1: Okay, it's one of those. It's like kind of like Lost, kind of like that plane movie or plane show that was more yes, recent yes. than Lost, but not Lost. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay.
0: So I just remember like one of the episodes Steve from Sex and the City has superpowers. <laughs> and, yes. But I think at the like towards the end, like later on, it was like they'd been sent back from the future to quote unquote prevent some calamity, but then it's like people they were sent back from the future from might actually not be the good guys. And mm, it's like okay. twist on twist on twist on twist on <laughs> twist.
1: They got some real like Bill and Ted shit going on, maybe potentially.
0: <laughs> he was in Speaking, Dynasty.
1: Can you give Keanu Reeves? Oh, sorry.
0: There we go. All right. He was in Dynasty. Huh. He's in, is the bad guy in the movie enough with JLo, which I don't want to see?
1: I don't think I saw that one. It's
0: like somebody that's like assaulting her and she like trains boxing and kills him. All right. I mean good yeah good for her but
1: Yeah it didn't sound like a fun fun hour and a half. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has circumnavigated the globe in a fishing trawler.
1: Well, that's fun.
0: I mean I guess he got
1: It seems like he really should have done it in a car or a plane, honestly. <laughs> like... <laughs> Seems more in his speed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and IMDb still shows him as being a second cousin to Bruce Campbell, even though I think he has said publicly and Bruce Campbell has said in his memoirs that they're not. Related, <laughs> they are not related.
1: But you know what? I lean into it. That sounds like fun. I mean, they're both handsome, square
0: jawed men. They really are. I have actually read both of them. Uh, bruce campbell's memoirs
1: i'm pretty sure i bought you at least one of them you you
0: did you you bought me the sequel or he says it's not a memoir because his publicist said he hadn't quote unquote done enough since his last (laughs) memoir so it was just (laughs) stories and musings on philosophy and life but he's talking about like sitting in there like reading for the same role as billy campbell
1: (laughs) that's wild i wouldn't think that they would belong in the same universe honestly but you know what if we need a reality show and they need to be cousins, identical cousins, just because they walk alike, the talk alike. And they it. And that think would they be amazing. Both
0: have like fathers who were not really in the picture, and both have multiple, uh, multiple half siblings from different women. And... Have they?
1: Have they gone to? Like, have they spit in the cup yet? Right. Yeah. Like twenty three <laughs> and me. Are we sure?
0: I'm curious. I'm really curious.
1: Let's start that. Find. I mean, are
0: we not? There, there could be some resemblance there.
1: Sure. Sure. <laughs>
0: So we had talked about. I said this might be the most forbidden film we've ever seen
1: because it was
0: sex, religion, violence. Yeah,
1: all it takes all the
0: boxes. It really. takes a lot of the boxes.
1: It's not as violent, I think, as it could be. I guess, but definitely sex and religion and all the twisting of that and like the
0: the yeah. I mean, there's blood spraying everywhere. There's though. it's there's gory, but it's with... not
1: necessarily violent. Okay, okay. I mean, I guess maybe the like shadow puppety. Uh, uh, Impalings Those are pretty gross and, But they're still shadow puppety And so you know we get away with it But yeah the blood is gross there's a lot of blood um, I mean it's very apocryphal.
0: Yes, <laughs> There used to be a website That I cannot find once again Just Search engines are trash now but There used to be a website that actually counted up the number of Objectionable scenes in movies It was some Christian group And I think at the time it's South Park was the most obscene movie in the history <laughs> of film.
1: I could see that. I mean, I, I could definitely see that from a Christian lens. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. Just on like a, just completely analytical. Like, how many scenes of sexual nature are there? How many violent scenes? How many swear words? How many whatever? Just, just adding them all up. And I think, yeah, it, it definitely took the cake.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. They, they don't give any lead way to anyone.
0: No. But I didn't find a place called Kids in Mind. OK. And they rate things because a lot of places like Common Sense Media give things scores based on like how appropriate they think it is for various audiences and give you kind of a a guideline to scenes. But I just want scores. I want right. things I can add up. They give this a seven on violence, a seven on sex and a zero on language. That's something there's no swear words in it. So it doesn't no. it, it averages down pretty low.
1: Yeah, you could be really swayed
0: by that. <laughs> like, by
1: an actual score. Yeah, you could be really...
0: You're like a 4.5 when it comes down to... Yeah, i feel
1: like... You could be shepherds crooking your kids out of that, yeah, that movie that's, for that's sure. That's a lot of TV's for a four point
0: five. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Like you, you got lady, some like under the, the table like, like high fives. <laughs>
0: like your parents like you can see anything up to a five or whatever, and like this this is out <laughs> below
1: technicalities.
0: Yeah, Cruel Intentions is a seven four seven.
1: That's it. Sex
0: violence and language. I would have put the language on Cruel Intentions a little higher than a seven.
1: I mean, there's not. Maybe that curse words, but the explicit nature of the language is way up there.
0: <laughs> Showgirls is a nine six eight, so that that's getting pretty high.
1: It is getting high. What what's the first? What's the nine? What's sex
0: for nine. Um, sex and nudity is nine. Uh, violence is six, and language is eight.
1: I would worry that that higher six. That, I don't think sexual be like,
0: violence rated as high back then as it does now.
1: Exactly. I'm just gonna say that. I was gonna say it doesn't matter as much as stabbing someone, which I think that uh that tells you a lot about
0: about nineteen ninety five or whatever <laughs> about
1: a lot of things <laughs>
0: about a lot of things Jade is a eight 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 body of evidence nine five five I just said body of evidence was a little I guess the violence in body of evidence is pretty off screen, yeah, I guess so. But the language, I would have thought. I don't know. Uh, Wild Things was nine seven eight. That seems about right. That's yeah, it does Basic Instinct wins so far? It's got a ten eight nine. It's got a full on nine average.
1: I I can give it a ten eight. Yeah, the violence is pretty high. I mean,
0: there is some people get really stabbed. I mean, really yeah, it's like stabbed. stabbed through the eye. I mean,
1: Real, like and, and dude, at the end, that's so bloody and and it's so terrible. Yeah, but.
0: But so yeah, Basic Instinct is the most forbidden film we've watched well, so
1: far. Well, number one, <laughs> episode one.
0: We need to we need to figure it out. Like like what, what can we do to top that?
1: I don't know. Rap about do the top that rap rap from uh, Teen Witch. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so just briefly touching on the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, you knocked it out of the park, babe. Alan Quartermain, who is yes, has a. Two picture thing where he plays, there's a Richard Chamberlain playing uh, Alan Quatermain with Sharon Stone as the girl in one of them. Huh. We've got uh, Captain Nemo. The first mate is Ishmael. I don't think we got to that. No. We've got uh, Mina Harker, the Invisible Man, Dorian Gray, Tom Sawyer, Edward Hyde. Did we get into that M, the mysterious benefactor, is Professor Moriarty?
1: No. I'm not sure I realized that. Is that, like, part of the film?
0: I believe that is part of the film. I think it's part of the film and the book, though.
1: I don't really remember that, but... Yeah,
0: in, in the book that uh, Moriarty is trying to foil the plans of Fu Manchu, and then they end up in War of the Worlds, and the next one they end up, like, taking down the Big Brother regime from 1984. Wow. Yeah, they, they travel all over the place.
1: It's, it's a lot of literary stuff. Yes, If you yes. think about it. Yeah, I mean, 1984 and War of the Worlds, yeah. And, of it's... course, the
0: last book, they do go to space, so... Of course. <laughs> of course. Vampires in space. But I guess Quatermain is is immortal too because of some voodoo curse or whatever. But All right. So Mina Harker being a vampire. You were curious about that. And according to... I was able to go back to the book. And because she had not fed yet and had not fully turned that when they killed Dracula before sunset that her curse was lifted.
1: See, that's the way it looked. And it seems like I mean, I don't know. Maybe where she felt like she couldn't turn back. What was she going to do? Like, just stay in that castle forever? I mean, I doubt it. I feel like it really could have benefited from her just, like, walking back out and being like, well, that was a ride. And maybe (laughs) returning back to our lives is... Maybe normal-ish. We're, we're No one's ever the same. Right. Everyone has had a terrible, terrible few weeks. Um, you know, beheadings and stakings and transfusions and all of these things. But it seems silly that it's like... I mean, I would think, you know, is, is that lust that she had for him? It seems like that should have kind of lifted too. You know, if he... Like he, the, the spell
0: is broken. The spell is
1: broken. Exactly. She didn't be so in love with him that you know, and now that he's gone, and like because it, it wasn't really real to begin with, I, except for the fact that like we're playing a little bit on the idea that maybe she is the princess reincarnated, and like we never really say that officially. Like we we play around with it, it a lot. Seems too.
0: Much of a thing to not mention.
1: Right. I mean, it's like we alluded to it in the way that she starts to react. She's reacting as if she is, but he never, like, she never acknowledges that. He never acknowledges her in that way officially, and that's the only way that that is enduring.
0: Right. I really felt like we could have maybe done that that better maybe we could have done a different actress but like styled them exactly alike or have them in the same dress or have them in the same mannerism or wearing the same jewelry or, i don't know i
1: yeah, there could there should have been something like because if that's what we were playing with, which is not canon, it's not part of the book, that's no. not part of the story. But if we were going that direction to really make it like, because she doesn't in the actual book fall in love with him. No, not at all. No, she just gets
0: bit, and then the curse gets broken, and I think what seven years later they have a son named Quincy Harker.
1: Yeah, she goes, she gets back with with Harker, and so I feel like at the end of this movie she should have come out. Of the castle, like back to the battlements where they all were, too. And like, we kind of get an idea of like, things are we're gonna figure this out, (laughs) it's complicated.
0: (laughs) Like, that was wild. Uh, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Like, did you have your like dick bit by like three vampire brides? Like, I might have uh, like drank the his husband's blood out of his chest. Like,
1: things got a little out of
0: hand, right? Like, it seems
1: like equally forgivable like we'd be like we could yeah okay
0: so i wanted to i just thought this looked like a wes anderson film
1: it had a lot of that dna yes
0: so if i were to tell you that the second unit director was roman coppola oh really uh, francis ford coppola's son do you know anything about his filmography
1: um, I don't.
0: He is the co-author of Darjeeling Limited, Moonrise Kingdom, Isle of Dogs, The French Dispatch, and Asteroid City.
1: Okay, there we go. He's well, dr- I mean, because, uh, damn, like the Coppola, cause I mean, Schwartzman's in Schwarzman's a ton in of them those. all,
0: and has written. I think he wrote on French Dispatch. I think after Owen Wilson had his semi-retirement mm-hmm. and um, and his mental health issues that. Yeah, Roman Coppola has been Wes Anderson's producing partner ever since.
1: Well, there we go. That then then there has to be I mean but obviously but Wes Anderson definitely had s- well, I don't know. He probably didn't have those early Bottle Rocket does not have that same aesthetic not as really, the other stuff no, does, no. no. Okay, then yeah, that makes perfect sense.
0: So I mean, I'm not I'm not saying your Baz Luhrmann didn't get some ideas. I mean, there's some red capes and some red curtains and this. So, yeah,
1: it's an, the Baz Luhrmann is not the symmetry or the actual like set design. The, or Baz, Luhrmann, the,
0: miniatures or the-, the Baz
1: Luhrmann is the speed is the filming, okay, is like yeah. the editing, the like speed up, slow down, the speed of slow down. I mean, like you think about like Romeo and Juliet and you've got the, just at the beginning with the the Capulets and the um, the Montagues, like the this the gangs, mm-hmm. like there's a ton of that happening um, in there. So he definitely pulled from it he had to have.
0: So um, a Roman couple also directed Lump, Peaches and the Mach Five video by the President of the United States of America. <laughs> I the Peaches video; is one of my. That favorite. is a timestamp. <laughs> and Walking Contradiction by Green Day. Uh, so this film, the big statement on like what the visual style of this film should look like. Two things. First of all, they you know made Apocalypse Now. He was never going to get much. Excuse me. Never going to get much money to make a movie. So they said they could make this thing for forty million dollars, all on a soundstage. So there's no outside shots in this movie.
1: That I could see that. So yeah,
0: yeah every, everything is inside. There are matte paintings. There's forced perspective. Mm-hmm. The rule was that if a vampire is on screen, the laws of human physics never apply.
1: That seems fair.
0: It does, doesn't it? The the green mist was filmed in reverse with actual smoke and mirrors, like literal old school uh, <laughs> magicians techniques. There, all the special effects were done in camera, so there were no like going and splicing things later. I love that. They would, like when the rats were running upside down, they would film the thing with a black box, so it only expose part of the film. Film the rats, flip the camera around, and then film the rest with the black box in front of the rats, uh, and just old school. That's special so fun. Effects. Like, I love effects, it. Special effects, basically. Most of the special effects in this movie could have been available to the original Dracula movie from in the 20s. That's cool. I love it. Let's see here. Uh, Sadie Frost, any scene of her where she's a vampire is filmed in reverse and then played back.
1: I'm trying to think about that. Like, oh,
0: like. So we film her, like, instead of filming her getting into the coffin, we film her getting out of the coffin and then we play it backwards. It just... Or we film her walking backwards up the stairs with a kid, and then play it back in reverse, so she's walking down the stairs.
1: So it's just creepier, or yes. okay, it just it just feels unnatural.
0: Well, just I mean, imagine if you film yourself walking backwards across the room and then play it forward; it's not going to look.
1: Yeah, it's not going to look the same. It's going to have a different gait to it. That's true. Interesting.
0: The sh- uh, the opening shot was one hundred percent shadow puppets, and the uh, the book with the train over it. Oh yeah! They were trying to figure out how to do projection or forced perspective, but they could not get the camera to focus on both. So they actually built a fifty-foot book and put a <laughs> miniature train <laughs> over
1: it. That's hilarious! I love
0: that. Or you know the, the scenes when Jonathan's in the in the train and the writing. They're actually just have an overhead projector and they're projecting the film of of the writing and the journal. It's it's yeah. It, it, there's one CGI shot and that's at the end. When the uh, when Dracula turns back into Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman, yeah,
1: I mean that seems fair. Um, I love that. Oh, like the shadows, the 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 non conforming shadows of Dracula, like when they're in the castle.
0: So that but, was all shot on camera. So, oh, wow, that's interesting. You just shoot it once with the, you know, the that, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were a great effect. That that was. I had no idea that anything like that was gonna be in this movie. You want to talk a little bit about Arabian Nights? Yes. So it is just a, a bunch of stories. It, there are comedy, poetry, burlesque, tragedy, love stories, histories, and erotica. Uh, Sinbad comes from that. Aladdin comes from that. So does Ali with the large member. <laughs> so... <laughs> Love it. So it's always been a bit, uh, a bit body. There is an 1885 British version that's considered to be quite embellished and maybe the first piece of uh, literature ever considered pornographic or obscene and banned in places.
1: So we're assuming that that's what she has.
0: 1885. A... When was this set? Probably right around that time. That, that, that could be very yeah. much the one that she has. Um, It is and just like about bodiness and like people have been obsessed with sex and bodily functions for all of time. I mean, yeah, I actually found the earliest known human joke is on a Sanskrit tablet (laughs) in 3000 BCE. And it says something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. So, like, <laughs> the first joke is a fart joke, and it's three, it's 5,000 years old.
1: We have not matured. <laughs>
0: so, ratings and reviews on this film. It holds a 78% critic score and 79% um, audience score. Really? So, everybody thinks it's pretty good. Okay. Very rare that the critics in the audience would yeah, agree, they agree so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this critical consensus from Rotten Tomatoes. Overblown in the best sense of the word, Coppola's vision of Dracula uh, resurrects the character from decades of campy interpretations and features some terrific performances to boot. I would agree. We have the worst review I could find. It says, so much fancy technique that the story is drowned out by a tide of images. It's not scary. It's not suspenseful. And its eroticism is largely theoretical. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bird eroticism is largely that, theoretical it,
1: it is though it is a, i would agree with that as well because it we you know we watched this to be you know halloween and horror but i was like it didn't really feel like a horror movie um it had it wasn't that suspenseful
0: no it felt like an off-broadway play I it mean, kind of and was I loved it for it it
1: was it was yeah it was fun and fantastical but it, it wasn't a horror movie it didn't have like it didn't have the highest the higher enough level of gore. It didn't have enough like suspense to it. And yeah there, I mean they're it, it, it was theoretical <laughs> like
0: both of those reviews are very true. They're accurate. They're yeah. coming to different conclusions, but they're very true right. And the, the a good review I found was in keeping with the operatic and overly histrionic approach to the material, the film's performances are almost uniformly dialed to eleven. yes. Like, every one of those things can be true. Those are, like, the best review and the worst review. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the numbers, this film is the 1,021th highest grossing film of all time. It was a huge hit. It was the most expensive movie ever made at the time, $40 million, and grossed over $200 million.
1: Oh, good on it. So,
0: big hit. It falls just below Freddy versus Jason, Meg 2, and Mr. Holland's Opus, on all-time box office gross.
1: <laughs> That's a weird bedfellows.
0: <laughs> Just above Let's Be Cops, Beowulf, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, and Bridge to Terabithia. Equally so. <laughs> Let's Be Cops. I think we should finish that one.
1: Yeah, we only watched parts of that. It looked funny, though.
0: So... Um, Movies that were coming out around the same time. Also, this movie, it's the number 106th highest R-rated film of all time. Okay. So it, And it's the same thing, Freddy vs. Jason and Let's Be Cops. Are, it's the same list, so nothing, nothing too interesting there. So October 2nd, we have movies coming out a few weeks before this. We have Hero, we have The Mighty Ducks, Mr. Baseball, and the Gary Sinise of Mice and Men.
1: Okay. I mean, I saw Mighty Ducks in the theater. I know. Um, I feel like the Gary Sinise of Mice and Men, the the trailer for that was in front of something I watched all the time. Yeah, I
0: feel like I was constantly seeing the trailer for that one. And I had no idea what, I did not ever read that book until much later in life and had no idea anything about what it was about and... I love the concept. I love the themes. I did not love the book.
1: I'm trying to remember because we we read a lot of Steinbeck about that time. Like starting in fifth grade, we read The Pearl. Um,
0: I never read a single thing from Steinbeck in in school.
1: We read a ton of Steinbeck in fifth and sixth grade, I feel like. And I don't feel like we read any later. But yeah, it was a weird – but I don't think we read Advice Men.
0: Next week on the 9th, 1492 – Reservoir Dogs, A River Runs Through It, and Under Siege.
1: Oh, River Runs Through It. We watch that as a family a lot, and that's that's kind of a weird vibe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Care to guess what the number one film this week is?
1: Mm, is it one of those you just said?
0: It's one of the eight that I just said.
1: R- read them again.
0: Hero, The Mighty Ducks, Mr. Baseball, Of Mice and Men, 1492, Reservoir Dogs, A River Runs Through It, and Under Siege. Under Siege. Under siege is the number one film for four weeks in a row. That I had no concept. That that's on our list. I mean, I have Steven Seagal movie is on our list. <laughs> <laughs> Under siege just just jumped up to.
1: That's wild. The I mean, next but ten movies we're gonna. But watch. I mean, it was. You said him again, and I'm like, that's it, 100%. That, that, that is 1992.
0: That so is. I've never seen that movie. I've seen maybe the last 20 minutes of it with you, I think. Yeah,
1: I've seen clips, but.
0: I, I know it's the cook, right?
1: Right. Yeah, he, him in um, LL.
0: <laughs> Next week on the 16th, we have Candyman and Consenting Adults. Oh, wow. I have no idea. Candyman's on our list consenting adults I have no idea what this movie is I remember I don't the name of it and thinking it sounded dirty and I know it's been in a lot of there's been ads for it in a lot of Playboy magazines of the time <laughs> Next week on the 23rd we have Dr. Giggles Ooh. the evil dentist Yeah People used to tell me I looked like him when I was a kid
1: <laughs> Who is it? who's the actor in that?
0: I'd have to look it up for you.
1: I cuz I don't know.
0: We have the next week November 6th we have Jennifer 8 Are you familiar with that one at all? No. It's not the movie I thought it's supposed to be. I think I, – I've always think – there's a movie with Gregory Hines where a lady who – there's a bomb built in a lady. That's Eve of Destruction. That's like five years before. I have no idea why I can't get that get that straight. And also Passenger 57, Always Bet on Black. Ah. I have seen the set where the, the airplane for that one was filmed. <laughs> I think that used to be on the tour at MGM
1: Studios maybe? Maybe that could be right.
0: We have next week on the thirteenth Bram Stoker's Dracula and Love Potion Number Nine. I would have thought that movie was earlier.
1: I can't. I'm trying to remember. It's like Sandra, I feel
0: like... it's an early Sandra Bullock and Adrian Paul, the Highlander from the show. Oh, it's a, like she's then I don't know. I like love I... potion to try to get him in. It was a.
1: I feel like I'm confabulating something else. It was
0: on USA Up All Night all the time. Hmm. But, like, I just would have thought, like, a world where I didn't – I mean, I guess I wouldn't have learned who Sandra Bullock was until Demolition Man. But, man, that's that's wild that it's <laughs> this late that I didn't know who she was.
1: Well, when Speed versus Demolition Man?
0: Uh, I would just say Demolition Man is first, but I could be wrong. Okay. They're, they're close.
1: They probably are close.
0: We have, next week, Malcolm X.
1: We saw that in theaters. I did as, not that. As a see class. That. Okay. We went as a class.
0: Then the next week we have Bad Lieutenant and Home Alone 2. Bad Lieutenant NC-17 film starring uh, Harvey Keitel.
1: I think I know about this movie, but like not really know this movie. I've
0: not seen it. I think a, a nun gets raped and horribly attacked and he's a drug addict and drunk trying cop trying to solve the murder. I think there's a part two that came out like 25 years later with Nicolas Cage in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, that seems like the the way to go. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Home Alone Two this week took the number one spot. So yeah, yeah, Under that. Siege had been on top since
1: Home Alone Two uh knocks Under Siege out of its its throne. That's hilarious.
0: We've got the next week, The Bodyguard and the Crying Game.
1: See, I yeah, neither one of those. I mean the bodyguard, like I had the bodyguard soundtrack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but yeah, the crying game.
0: I've seen the Crying Game. It's great. It's not for family viewing. It's probably no. not something we're going to watch on this show. You know, it's not. It's it's not fun. You know, right. sure, there's plenty of things that are forbidden in it, and it's an important movie. But it's it's just not fun enough to. we, we I don't want to make fun of that you know no. which is we're, we're making fun of these movies a little bit a
1: little a little it's
0: why we're probably not going to do like the color purple or or no. or malcolm x or things like that no it's, it's just not stuff i want to make fun of
1: they're making a new color purple it might be a show or maybe it's a movie i'm not sure they're, okay. they're making okay. it looks it looks interesting i think oprah's in it in a different kind of role
0: and then the next week we have aladdin goes into wide release
1: we definitely saw that in the theater,
0: and that and a few good men fight tooth and nail for the next like eight weeks at what's the number one movie? They're just like boom, boom. boom That's boom, so boom, boom.
1: weird.
0: Until February comes out, and one film to beat them all. <laughs> February fifth, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon one.
1: That beat them all. That I've beat never, them all. I don't even know what that movie's about.
0: It's got Emilio Estevez, and it's a spoof of Lethal Weapon and action movies in general. No, it is. It's a movie that I was watching contemporaneously and got bored and turned and changed the channel to something else. I was watching it on a free preview weekend of HBO, (laughs) saw the first 10 minutes of it, and went on with my life. Maybe, like, went and played video games or something.
1: No, that (laughs) that does not resonate at all. It's a
0: lot to turn out, to go play video games during a free preview weekend.
1: Yeah, there's a lot (laughs) happening on a free preview weekend. And you are not supposed to touch that damn TV. It is, rec- is <laughs> recording 24-7. It doesn't matter what we're recording. It doesn't matter if the tape runs out before he gets home. Like, we're not supposed to change out the tape. Like, we, what we get is what we get. I
0: bet you there was some, there was some Red Shoe Diaries or I something. I bet you there was, <laughs> and I
1: don't know what he did with it, but.
0: <laughs> All right, so moving into print. I got back in the, we've already covered all the playboy from around this time. So I got back into the Observer Reporter. It's been a minute. Let's go see what's going on in Western Pennsylvania. Love it. Uh, Clinton's first news conference since his election was held this week.
1: About, I mean, just just, just see it. Hey, I'm.
0: I'm president now? No, I'm not president yet. I'm president-elect. Like He was just elected like the week before. Like, hey guys, uh, howdy. Uh, Not going to touch any interns.
1: For just a few weeks.
0: Yes. He did have, like, there's another article like, ethics rules for, for aides and interns. Like,
1: oh, don't know. Like, why specifically make rules that you know you're going to break?
0: <laughs> we have a Kinsey Institute survey. Only 13 to 21 percent, depending on risk categories, are report using condoms regularly. How many thirteen to twenty one percent? Oh, this is in nineteen ninety two. This is not ninety five yet. We're not in peak AIDS, but this is this is a time when heterosexual people still apparently thought that AIDS was not a problem, and that's a weird place to think.
1: It is weird. Yeah, it feels that feels late. Doesn't it, feels it? Late. Yeah.
0: I mean, there have been some reporting and some thought exercises going back that should we have targeted gay men and men who have sex with men and people who use intravenous drugs more spent some of that money we spent teaching everybody about AIDS and teaching them about it, would that have been better? You know, while it is something that can be transmitted absolutely to heterosexual people, it's more likely among other populations. Did we disservice that population by trying to protect everybody and by trying to not other them? There has been some discussion of that over the last few years in the healthcare ethics industry but uh i don't know i don't have to, I, we're just a movie about a uh, podcast about dirty movies right. <laughs> what do we, exactly. know? <laughs> we have a holiday fashion show at the franklin mall
1: yes
0: we have a place there's can go- some puffy
1: sleeves and some velvet
0: <laughs> a place that's just art advertising renting sega nintendo and super nintendo systems for the weekend Nice. Like that is, like, they don't even do movies. It's just video <laughs> games. We have an article about a mall pet store, which I have all sorts of problems oh, about. Oh, yeah. We have a, we're getting into sports. I know something about sports, though. This article is kind of funny. An article about the Penguin star Joe Mullen coming back off of his surgery. He is getting some assists by a new player who might show some promise, Mr. Mario Lemieux, <laughs> who is like... Widely acknowledged as the second best hockey player of all time. We have Shaq Attack in Orlando. Yes. Scored 31 points and 21 rebounds. The first phase three study results of tamoxifen for preventing breast cancer resurgence are published this week. That is very important to what I'm doing right yes. now. <laughs>
1: yes, it is. That's why I your way All
0: right. So we have Dracula. We have Gene uh, Siskel and Roger Ebert's reviews. Okay. It's, it's gothic. It's sexy. And it's scary. <laughs> it's <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> there we go. To the point. We have at the VFW number 8319 log pile. I don't 100% know what that means. But on November 14th from 9 to 11, we have a ladies' night with body language male entertainment. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> $5 at the door three for 12 in admission uh, in advance if you you know three girls that are going.
1: Get those tickets. Save that $3. Stuff it on a (laughs) G-string.
0: The far side for this day is inexplicably Bob's porcupine goes flat. It is widely uh, considered one of the worst (laughs) far sides of all time. It's not as bad as cow tools but it's just a bunch of people holding porcupines and one of them is just like (laughs) like (laughs) like Okay, <laughs> I find it humorous. <laughs> it's absurd, but it's funny.
1: I mean, that's its that's its jam.
0: Yeah, we've got a new a new model railroad club opening at the uh, Charlier Hausbau. We have a pair of Levi's five hundred one jeans for twenty one ninety nine, about seventy nine bucks. Now we have a twenty five inch color TV for three fifty, <laughs> <laughs> and a new satellite system for nineteen hundred dollars. Yeah,
1: that seems right.
0: We have the first charges in the new carjacking laws. Some of the new crime bills that are going to come back to haunt us for decades. Uh, Carjacking is a 15-year mandatory minimum. Oh, wow. We have a study about naltrexone and alcoholism. Yet again, something addiction treatment has been heavily in my wheelhouse and kind of crazy to think of this. We would... Eventually come up with naloxone based on this, which would eventually we would synthesize buprenorphine. That could be what ends the opiate crisis. We have, um, is Bush going to pardon everybody in the Iran-Contra?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Because Bush's
0: last days. Like, who's he going to pardon? And we have a 1-900 line for soap opera news, only 95 <laughs> cents a minute.
1: Yes. I mean, you can't binge it. You can't, if you don't know, if you missed it, you missed it. If you missed it, you missed it. That's
0: what television like you back gotta then. You got to get
1: caught up. And it's on every day. But you know what? But a soap opera takes so long to, like, have a story arc. You just keep regurgitating the same shit. I
0: mean, it might be cheaper than going and buying a soap opera digest at the counter at the grocery store. It might be. Store.
1: You just need, you just, but how, like, do you get to choose? Is there, like, buttons? Like, no, I, mean, I think you're, you're just
0: probably, you're
1: just listening. I don't know. It might be cheaper to, like, go and pretend you're going to buy a soap opera. Di- <laughs> So opera. Is that right? Yes. Digest and then not buy it.
0: Ah. Oh, that's true. If the line's really long? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you buy a couponer on purpose?
0: <laughs> so I wanted to get some magazines. I couldn't find much. Um, I found a penthouse magazine from August, which that's not really close enough to count. Um, it does have like... A huge selection of medallions. You can buy, like, 40 medallions and switch them out if you want from, like, all sorts of sports teams and and cars and, yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is on the cover of Penthouse that month. That's yeah. different than I was expecting. I'm expecting some lady in half-dress. The feature story is The Vices of Dean Martin. Oh. There uh, is a magic eye picture of boobs. ha ha ha. I was able to see them. They weren't great. I mean, they were 3D, but it was someone just learning how to use Magic Eye stuff. Got it. And um, a political cartoon of Perot goes to Washington, which I, we're going to a, a exhibit sponsored by Ross Perot, kind of in honor of your uncle this, this next week. This is true. Um, we have, I did find, I have the physical copy of Easy Rider Magazine from back that's wild. <laughs> it was a long story. Have we told it on the podcast? I was th- going to get my uncle, a or my, not my uncle, my brother in law. He bought a motorcycle just out of the blue. So I was going to buy him a bunch of vintage biker magazines. So I got a estate sale, a bunch of old mags. And I don't think I realized how many boobs were in it.
1: And... <laughs> yeah. I think you have told that
0: story. Okay. Okay. Uh, the magazine actually has a model release form in it if you want to send your pictures in. <laughs> $150 if you're published. 350 if you win and do a full photo shoot when is
1: this from is 1992 1992?
0: that seems real low
1: <laughs> it does
0: and they really do not like motorcycle helmets there's like seven articles in this issue about how motorcycle helmets are da- dangerous motorcycle helmets cause more injuries than not wearing them and oh Diwali! we got some fireworks going. oh
1: yeah our cats are gonna love it,
0: <laughs> and I don't want to end on this, but uh, Easy Rider Magazine is not too concerned about uh, pulling out ads for white supremacist stuff. You know, I'm not surprised. I, I, I wish I was.
1: I, but I, I'm not. I'm not.
0: <laughs> I guess they're, they're they're either they're having no editorial, whatever, in, in the people that buy advertisements, or.
1: They just need the cash. Uh,
0: they they might. I mean, if they're only able to pay 150 bucks for pictures of boobies, uh, right?
1: I was gonna see like what that was, but
0: oh, like in modern days.
1: But my mic is my mic is blocking my face, so my phone won't unlock.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of ladies on OnlyFans selling pictures of their boobs for less than 150 bucks now. So, but
1: they, but they then have again, bigger... they're, not going,
0: they're not being published in a physical magazine that. Some idiot in Nashville is gonna buy in an estate sale, and <laughs> right? But that's like later. a
1: one-time. If you're selling pictures of your boobs on OnlyFans for $150, 100, you've got multiple people buying those for 150 bucks. You got subscribers. Okay, I got gotcha,
0: you. I got gotcha. you.
1: This is not a one-time deal. This, this is this is what sag Afro was was fighting against: the one-time <laughs> versus the perpetual use of images. <laughs>
0: The perpetual use of AI-generated boobs. Yes. Okay. I'm so happy we got out of white supremacist to AI-generated boobs and perpetual use. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> All right. Feel like a good, better place to end?
0: I think we should get the hell out of here right now. All we right. We got a plane to catch, and it's getting late.
1: All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. Um we don't know what we're going to watch.
0: We talked about maybe doing the whole nine yards because it's, it, it's a little, really out of the forbidden timeline, but it would be a good way to honor a little Matthew, Matthew Perry. Perry. I mean, talk about a movie that I've never seen fully, but like, why is that movie rated R? <laughs> Let's
1: do it. Let's do it.
0: But we might come up with something different. So if that's not the movie next week. Just go with it, guys.
1: Yes. Whatever it is, we may movie phone and come in here and give a little like correction. Uh we are going to watch something else. Um, but it yeah. was so
0: obvious or so not obvious the one time we did that, right?
1: Right. Right. right exactly. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Have a fantastic day, week, whatever. Um, check us out on Instagram, Forbidden Cinema. Um, shoot us an email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. Um, now that the strike is over, um, go everybody's—you know—everybody's you know, everybody's able to to plug their stuff. Go watch Minx. We want to drive for a season three. If you haven't watched it yet, go to Stars. Watch season one, season two. Binge it. Get those get those streaming up since everybody's going to benefit from them, and that way we can get some more seasons.
0: If you're in and- the LA area, check out the Nixon Library. It's got the uh, Shot Down in Vietnam POWMIA exhibit. So we'll be there sometime this week.
1: And also, just check out our our coverage of Minx on Minx on Stars Going Deeper anywhere you get podcasts.
0: There we go. Yeah. If you can't figure out how to get a podcast and you're listening to this, um,
1: I don't know what happened. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay,
0: go, go and like uh, subscribe to all your friends. Like get your friend's phone, the one that's yeah. sitting next to you, and just go ahead and subscribe. Now. Yeah. Go they'll, ahead. They'll for thank both. you for it. Yeah. It'd be great. All right.
1: <laughs> they got a road trip coming up.
0: There we go. It's holiday right. season. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.